I want to share just some, some I, I did have a sermon prepared. I'm not preaching that. Me and some other guys from the Awakening, we went to a men's conference up at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, which is where the North Georgia revival has been happening. That's where for 130 weeks they've been doing baptisms on Sunday nights. And it was just from a word from the Lord saying that there's going to be fire on the water. And they've seen, I mean, I have a, a close friend who got healed of rheumatoid arthritis being baptized. And it's just the way the Lord's working. He's just working through baptisms. And so when the Lord's telling you to do it a certain way, you do it a certain way, you know. And so if he tells you to make mud with your spit and wipe it in somebody's eyes, that's what you do. Or Smith Wigglesworth case, punch somebody in the stomach and a tumor falls out, and that's what you do. So it's like, so that's just what, you know, it's, you don't understand it. Why is God just, why is he moving that way? Well, even that guy that, who's the pastor of that church is like, we don't know why this is the way it's happening. So you don't have to understand everything about God. Amen? <laughs> I always tell people, like, if you understood everything about God, you would be God. And we know that. That's not right. So, anyway. um, how many of y'all understand everything about yourselves? No, nobody. So, like, you can't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I mean, I look at Jessica all the time. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. You know, and so how do we expect to understand God? Anyways, I that's always boggled my mind. It's like, we, we're never going to understand. But I want to um, just share a few things that, some nuggets that David Hogan, Hogan spoke on that um, really impacted me last, last night. The first is just that we've been chosen by God for this time. That you were born for such a time as this, for the confusion, for the chaos, for the upheaval and governments and culture. You were born for such a time as this. God thought it was a good idea and that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you would come out victorious in this time. All right? And then he says, if you want, so I, some of these nuggets aren't necessarily related, but he says, if you want, you got to pay full price for full benefits. So God has given us a covenant and there's promises with that covenant. But if we're only offering a part of ourselves, we only get partial benefits. <laughs> we give, but full, he says, full price, you get full benefits. Um, he also says, you need to be known for something. Anybody can be a brat. And Philippians talks about, it, says, don't prove yourselves to be light in this world, but actually not grumbling and complaining. That's like one simple way that you can actually shine the light of Jesus is not grumbling or complaining. Um, he also said, you know, this, we don't need to, be, we don't need to fight each other. We don't, we don't need to fight the government necessarily. We have to understand who our, who our enemy is, is, is that hell's being unleashed. And so our fight is not against flesh and blood, it's against principalities, powers, forces of darkness. And 
you know, it's, you know, David Hogan, I was expecting him to be like, I don't know, you know, I, I was expecting him. He, he, he had a message of like, listen, it's not a big deal to wear a mask. All right, get over it. And he said, I got hand sanitizer in my car. I, I have a mask. He said, I don't wear them. You know, if they want me to wear them, I'll wear them. But like, this, that's not the fight necessarily. The fight is like in us and in our hearts. And that's where I'm going with this. Because when we went down for ministry time, is um, after the first session, I, w I went down to the front and I was praying and I, and the Lord just started speaking to me and show, he gave me this picture about I was casting salt like it was seed. And the Lord said, I, I want you to cast salt because it's, I want you, it, it's meat tenderizer. And also I want you to salt the enemy's field. And so I started thinking about, okay, Lord, where is the devil really working? And let's go cast salt on that place, you know, by evangelizing or whatever. And, and then he, I felt he corrected me. He says, no, you need the salt where the enemy has your heart. You need the salt. And so salting the fields in ancient times was a way of, when you conquered a foe, you would salt their field so they could never habitate that place again nothing could grow there Abimelech in Judges chapter 9 did that to the city of Shechem it says he raised it to the ground and he salted it with it, the earth with salt and so when you salt the enemy's land what the Lord is saying for us this morning is when, when God pours salt on us, because we're the salt of the earth, right? Mark 9 actually says, everyone will be salted as with fire. Everyone will be salted as with fire. So just go ahead, turn to Mark chapter 9 real quick. So verse 49, it says, For everyone will be salted with fire, Mark chapter 9. And then verse 50, Salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. And so salt, we know it's a preservative. And that's part of, part of the reason there is a, hell has broken loose is because it first broke loose in the church. Because we're not salty anymore. It's in our hearts. There's, and I'm speaking as a corporate body in America. This, this is what I'm addressing. The, the church in America. And it's obviously not everybody, but in general. And so there, we've, we've compromised. And so salt that can only, you know, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Don't be, if you lose your saltiness, all you're good for is being trampled on by men. And the salt that got cast into the streets 
was salt that got mixed with other minerals. It was impure. And that's, it wasn't good for seasoning, wasn't good for preserving. So you threw it in the, in the street to keep weeds from going in the street. But if you lose your saltiness, that's when you get trampled by man. That's when you get all the confusion, all the chaos, all the narratives. You get overwhelmed by that. You get trampled by man. We do. Speaking to myself. And so if we lose our saltiness, we don't have a witness. And there's nothing that hell can throw at us that can overcome us when we are fully sought and fully surrendered to the Lord. Jesus overcame everything. He had everything thrown at him. Sufferings. He says, I didn't have a place to lay my head. He was persecuted. He was misled. He was misunderstood. You're a drunkard. You're a glutton. He had every false label thrown at him. <laughs> he, had, he was called the son of the devil. So the people who are actually sons of the devil were calling him sons of the devil. He went to the cross. He was mocked on the cross. And he won the victory. Because he lived for one voice only. And this is what I've been talking about, the fear of the Lord. Is Isaiah chapter 11 says the spirit of the Lord. This is the, the anointing that rested on Jesus. It's called the sevenfold spirit of God. And the number seven just means complete. Yet Jesus had everything you need. Spirit of the Lord, which is the spirit to set captives free. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And so it says that he will not judge by what his eyes see nor make decisions by what his ears hear, but, his, but he delights in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus, I just imagine Jesus coming in the form of man and he's roaming the earth like this. Father, what are you doing? He's just being led totally not by his eyes, not by his ears, but by the fear of the Lord. By... And when you fear the Lord, you listen to the Lord. You read Proverbs, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then you hear Solomon saying, son, heed my commandments. Listen to my words. Obey my commandments. Then you will know the fear of the Lord. And so Jesus is walking around only doing what he sees his father doing. Translation, fearing the Lord. That's what sonship and the fear of the Lord go hand in hand. If Jesus, the Son of God, feared the Lord, then that's what we need, right? He, he feared his Father in the sense of he revered his Father. He was in awe of his Father. He obeyed his Father. And so, Turn to, to uh, Romans chapter 8. And so meat tenderizer. What salt does is it breaks down protein. Breaks it down, makes it weak, makes it tender. And what the salt of the Lord does, the salt and the fire of the Holy Spirit, it makes us tender towards the Lord. It makes us not rely on our own strength. It breaks down our strength. Protein is the building blocks of your muscle, of your strength. And so the tenderizer, the meat tenderizer, the salt of the Lord, 
it breaks down, it makes us tender to the Lord by making us realize how weak we are. It's a, it's a gift to know you can do nothing apart from God. It is a gift. It is a gift to hunger and thirst for God. It is the grace of God that will enable you to stay up in the middle of the night and pray and read when you normally would sleep. It is the grace of God and the hunger of God that, that, that provokes you to get up early or to take this time with the Lord, to do whatever it takes just to, to be with him. It doesn't have to look a certain way, but you do whatever it takes to be with him. And this is a gift. And we cry out. And, we, and, and one of the things I want us to ask the Lord for is I want us to ask him for hunger, for supernatural hunger, for the grace to seek his face. And that he would tenderize our hearts, that we would be sensitive to his voice. And that as a people, you know, it's like we can only... We only have so much control, right? You, you only have self-control. <laughs> you can't control anybody else. And that's why Joshua said, he, de he declared to everybody, he says, listen, you do what you want. Best for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I have control over me and my house, and we're going to serve the Lord. And so you have to settle that in your heart. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm telling you, this is a hard decisions on the front end leave blessing on the, on, the, on the back end. Easy decisions on the front end make it hard on the back end. Hard decisions on the front end, blessing on the back end. And so, because fire, because fire only falls on sacrifice. And there's some of us waiting that God, once you do this, then I'll do this. And we're waiting for the fire to fall without sacrifice. And the Lord says, if you lay yourself on the altar, then the fire will come. And so I don't know what that looks like for you. It could be a simple adjustment in your routine. Or it could be a big thing. I don't know. But I believe God's saying, lay yourself on the altar as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing unto him. Because everybody will be salted with fire. It's like 
Do you want to be salted with fire right now by the Holy Ghost? Or do you want the salt and fire of Sodom and Gomorrah? Because everybody will be salted with fire. And so the Lord says, throw yourself on the mercy seat. Not on the judgment seat. Throw yourself on the mercy seat. And I'm telling you, I pray for us to have a, a, one of my dreams is for all of us to either get whacked by the Holy Spirit at the same time we're all out in the Spirit, or we're all crying out with godly sorrow, because that is the place of mercy. If you've ever experienced godly sorrow, you want that again. Because you experience the tender mercies of God in that place. Because that's when, because he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so when you cry out, and I remember long ago when we lived in Texas, I had this vision, and it was the, it was the parable of the, of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and the Pharisee standing in the temple, and he's saying, God, thank you that I'm not like this man. Thank you that I, t I tithe my mint and my cumin, and I do all the right things. And this tax collector is saying there, have mercy on me, God, a sinner. And I remember the Lord speaking to him, and he pointed to the tax collector, and he said, that is the spirit of sonship. The spirit of humility. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. Not the spirit of entitlement. Not the spirit of self-righteousness. And it says right here in Romans 8, This is what the sons of God look like. Ladies, of course, you're included. Verse 13. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now this is the one that we... We know in Romans 8, verse 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so what is it talking about? What is, it, what is he referencing being led by the Spirit of God? What does that look like? It says, you're putting to, de to death the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. Those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so once you're led by the Lord in your own heart, to confront the things that are in your own heart, you can, trust me, you'll be led around outside of your heart. Out, in the outside places, you'll hear him. And one of the things David Hogan said, he said, it's not gimme, gimme, gimme. It's seek, ask, and knock. It's not gimme, gimme, gimme. It's seek, ask, and knock.
The Lord wants to cast, he wants to cast salt on our hearts this morning. Because trust me, Jesus ain't scared of all this. He's not scared about the election. He's not scared about the virus. He's not scared about everything that's happening in the nations. Now, he wants us to vote and do those as righteously as possible. But he, he's, he, you know, it doesn't matter. He's, going, he's already won, right? And so when, if we're walking around with the mind of Christ, we're probably thinking, bring it. Because my Father is in heaven. So we need the mind of Christ, and we need to salt the areas of our heart where the enemy has set up camp. And say, you can't, you can't camp out here anymore. This is the Lord's territory. And I was even thinking, I was like, Lord, well, if we salt that place of your heart, can you grow anything? He's like, I'm doing the impossible. I can grow flowers in a salt field. But we need to make, but it, it needs, the places of our heart have to be salted. And it, even in the Hebrew, the, the word picture of the word repentance means burn the house down. That's the word picture of the Hebrew letters. It says burn the house down. Never look back. Never look back. 